What can small creative business owners do to handle tax strategy better? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. Hey, welcome to the Command Z Show. And just like always, I have the most important guest of all time. <laughs> but before we get there, uh, Shelby, how's it going? Oh, geez, I thought it was going to be me. It's like, I'm the important <laughs> guest of all time. Matt, I was like, wow, I'm gearing up for this great introduction. And here we are. But first, Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That makes it... Uh, listen... Uh, you, you are a very important guest, Shelby. Thank you. Uh, without you, listen, I don't think we've ever really talked about this, but Shelby edits every single one of these podcasts <laughs> and more often than not, she's doing it on a pretty quick turnaround while balancing at least four to six different projects that we have going on. A lot on. of stuff happening. So nicely done, Shelby. Thank you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce our, our guest right now. And this is uh, a little bit of a departure from what we would normally talk to, which is why I love this guest. Um, uh, Eric, how's it going? Doing pretty well. How are you guys? Oh, pretty good. I still feel bad that I just told Shelby she wasn't an important guest. but <laughs> it really hurt. It really hurt. Thank you. So uh, it's okay. Yeah. Now, you now have Eric, the opportunity to redeem yourself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to make sure I do. Uh, Eric, you are uh, a very important person on on our team and uh, a person that most people wouldn't say is, is part of a team. But I believe you play a very important role on this team. You are made by things accountant. I appreciate and, uh, <laughs> I hear a pause. I just go, right? It's like I hear a pause. That's, and, that's what I do, too. And it's like, oh, time to go. So time to talk. No, I, so, I appreciate you embellishing there, perhaps. Uh, I am your accountant. Uh, the most important part or very important, we'll, we'll leave that to be determined. But um. <laughs> uh, let's let's start here, then. Let's uh, Before I go into the question or series of questions that I have, uh, maybe you can kind of tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Sure. Who doesn't like to talk about themselves? So, um, you know, for me, so I, I'm a CPA, uh, work primarily you know, exclusively with small business owners. And, and that could be anyone from a, you know, a one person, you know, freelancer to, you know, a, a large company that has, you know, a couple hundred employees. Um, you know, I grew up here in central Ohio, been here my whole life, grew up um, just outside of Marysville on a farm and worked in the corporate world for 15 years. And decided, you know what, I'd rather serve small business owners than these large corporate entities. And, you know, it's been it's been a, a great transition and, and have the privilege of working with a lot of uh, a lot of different types of individuals. But, you know, watching companies and individuals grow is super exciting. It's one of the best, you know, most uh, the aspects about my career that I, I really enjoy the most. That's awesome. 
So, um, I guess before we jump into the question here, I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer here <laughs> that uh, we, uh, Eric is, and, and us, we are in Ohio. Uh, most, of, most of those tax rules are, are generally similar, but um, we're going to try to keep things a little bit more basic. Uh, we'll see if we get into the weeds at all, but um, I guess the disclaimer I'll give is this is not financial advice. <laughs> Right, uh, but I will say that um, again over the last year or so that I've known Eric, he's been uh, a huge help for for me and our team, and that's why I wanted to get him on here and uh, start asking a few questions. And uh, yeah, let's let's start here. Now, this first question uh, it may not be an answerable question, but I want to go into this as kind of the general question here. And then I can kind of drill down into some more specifics. But we'll see where you go from this initial thing here. What can small creative business owners do to handle tax strategy better? Okay, great question. Um, as all of your questions I anticipate will be great questions. So, But really, the mo- it's really actually pretty simple. Um, and again, keep in mind that I do this every day. But one of the things I see, you know, small business owners and individuals struggle with is just human nature, meaning we all put off, we all dread, we all just, quote, phone it in on the things that we do not enjoy doing. And so one of the biggest pitfalls I see for, you know, for, again, freelancers or folks looking to start a business, even mature business owners, is just lack of organization because it's really, really hard to make good strategic business decisions or tax decisions if you just don't know what your income less your expenses is. I mean, that's truly the starting point. Um, You know, so often, you know, and I see it every, every year, the folks that I work with throughout the year, whether, you know, I'm doing all their accounting or they have their own accountant slash bookkeeper on staff, Versus those who truly wait until February or March of the following year to start throwing all their stuff together, there's a huge difference. And I guarantee when you rush, you make mistakes and you're not capturing all your deductions. Um, So it's truly, I mean, it's so simple. It's being organized and allocating that time out of just set a time, you know, whether it's every Saturday or twice a month to go through and, and categorize your expenses, your receipts, and that just leaves you, at least gives you a chance to quote, not overpay or, or make good decisions. I think one of, one of my theories behind this is when you fear that things might not be going so well, you tend to avoid it. <laughs> think about your 401k right now. No one's looking at their 401k right now. I mean, that, that's a common thing. You know, I talk to my financial advisor colleagues and, and people, and, you know, and clients like, hey, I'm just not even looking at it because we don't want to see, you know, that number that is 25% less than what it was, you know, a year ago. Right. It's, I'm the same way. I mean, it, it, right. human nature is, we are all very predictable beings. Yeah. I, my, so my parents and my, my in-laws as well, they're approaching this age of retirement. And it has me asking a lot more questions than 
I think that they've sort of thought about over the last few years. And maybe it's because I'm 35 and I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> and then sure they've been thinking about it longer than me. But I'm like, I don't like, why do this? Why do that? But anyway, so both both set of parents now are like, oh, no, we're like we're down a lot. I'm like, hey, listen, like. I mean, it's easy for me to say, but I'm like, if you look at the last hundred years, things have always come back. They do. Things do come up. Things go in cycles. We're in a cycle right now. I mean, it's uh, I was talking to some banking colleagues the other day. Uh, you know, I check in not only with my clients, their bankers, you know, just to get a, a read on on just what's happening. Right. I mean, no one here has a crystal ball. Right. I mean. If I did, I, you know, people always say, well, what would you do? I'm like, well, if I knew the answer and I say it in jest, right. But I'm like, I wouldn't even be here right now. I'd be on the beach in Greece, you know, and <laughs> right. really enjoy myself. But, um, you know, like these bankers uh, I talked to first half of the year lending super strong, doing really well. And they're like, it has come to a virtual screeching halt mm-hmm. on the lending side. And, and that's to be expected with, you know, these, you know, very uh, significant rate hikes that we've seen. And that was the whole goal is to is to right. stem, you know, this uh, overheating the you know the overheating of the economy. Uh, I have a large trucking client, and he you know really for the first seven months of the year everything's looking really good, even in the face of high diesel prices. And um, you know now he's like we're starting to really see some things. It's a noticeable slowdown. He's like we're still going to make money, but it's a do-. so again not getting off topic here, but. Um, you know, things will come back, right? We'll go in these cycles, and the question is, how soon will things, you know, will things rebound? I mean, you know, generally, and again, I'm not a market advisor or te- technician, but most folks will say the market's going to overreact one way or the other, and it's going to level out. So, and all to, I literally, it was one of my, um, again, one of my friends of mine was a financial advisor, and he had one of his clients, you know, Earlier this month, it's like I'm out. I mean, they literally picked really? the worst day, and you know, again, because you come to the point where you're just tired of the beatdown, you're like, I'm out. Right. You cut your losses. Um, right. So again, it, our emotions, fear is a powerful motivator. <laughs> right, and you know, getting to this idea of just kind of staying organized with taxes. I, you know, I'll definitely tell you, it it is a lot more fun for me right now than it was in those early years, like this first year or two where I'm like, Oh no, like I still have to pay taxes on this stuff. I'm not in a good spot on this stuff. Like I just, I don't know, like wasn't making enough money to even consider the idea of like paying taxes. It was definitely weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know. you know, it, it's, you know, I, I, this is the time of the year where I quote, tell myself, my clients, you know, this is the time of year I make my money, if you will, meaning between now and December 15th, it's this wrap up with, with clients. Hey, here's how your year's been. We don't, it's great. You had a good year, you, you know, but it was a good year, a not so good year, but okay, here's the last minute moves we can make that will help you on your tax bill. And, and we, you know, so whether it's, you know, putting more money away for retirement, whether it's buying equipment that is needed, whether it's trying to advance, you know, certain expenses, you know, that we can, you know, time is also, you know, an asset, meaning, you know, if there's certain expenses, you know, if you were looking at, say, buying 
you know, a bunch of video equipment or computer equipment between, say, now and next June, you know you're going to need it. Well, if the advantage, you may not need it today, but if you buy it today, we'll get the depreciation deduction and you're going to use it. But then next year, that gives us a whole, quote, reset, another 12 months to plan and strategize. Right. So a lot of times, you know, people almost say miss out, but they forget that, and I never advocate about buying meaningless assets, you know, things you're going to not use to get the depreciation deduction, therefore pay lower taxes. That doesn't make any sense. Right. But if there are things you need and you're, and you look at your horizon, um, you know, maybe it makes sense in, in every situation. Of course, you know, I'm going to caveat that with, is unique and consult your tax advisor type. You know. Right, right. I won't get too disclaiming, but, but that's, yep. you know, time is also an asset. Um, you know, again, going back, not to be repetitive, but I, I, my, I have this anecdote and, you know, 15 or so years ago, before I met my wife, I dated a young woman who was a small business owner. I, I um, you know, she's, she has a great business now. And that was one of the things, you know, I'd ask her out on a date. She's like, oh, I can't tonight. She's like, oh, I got to do my books, you know, and this is a Saturday night. And then, you know, like six o'clock, she's like, screw it. She called me up and it's like, let's just go. Because <laughs> she, she didn't want to, wasn't that she wanted to see me. She just didn't want to do her accounting. So, <laughs> so you yeah, know, I was a, a convenient excuse. So it all worked out very well. My, she went her way and I met, I really outkicked my coverage, but. Maybe that's another podcast. <laughs> um, a couple of things that you said there. Um, let me see where I want to go. Uh, there's so, so many different places that we can kind of go from here. So I guess one is that I think most people think that, like you were saying, that like accounting is really just something that is just taxes. It's just paying our taxes, right? Um, I think that's what a lot of people would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I, I already know your answer, but what do you what do you say to people that are just like, no, I don't need any help. I just want to get through this and pay my taxes and be on my way. And, and and honestly, that's okay. They just, I mean, there's two types. There's really in my profession, there's two different types of accountants or CPAs, right? There's those where we, we talk, we say it's compliance. It's bring me your QuickBooks file. I'm going to take those numbers. I'm going to key them in a tax software print it up and here you go. There's no, there's no communication throughout the year. There's no ability to plan. Um, there's, then there's advisors and you know, I consider myself more on the, I mean, a tax return taxes, the compliance, that's something we all have to do. That's the quote checkered flag, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's how we get there. And it's, you know, whether, you know, we're checking in, you know, a couple times a year, but just to say, okay, here's where we are year to date, June or July, you know, um, you know, my profit is $50,000, right? And I'm looking to do X, Y, and Z. I'm looking to hire three people, but, you know, communication is so important because then it's not just the taxes are going to be what they're going to be based on just that, the code, right? But ultimately that communication, I ask a lot of questions. You know, I, and they're not complicated questions. Just tell me about your business. Tell me what your goals are. Tell me where you want to be this year. You know, how many employees do you envision hiring over the next few years? But the more information that we can share, you know, it's up to the business owner, you know, to, to really navigate, but to have that advisor, they can bounce things off of, 
our goal should be truly to pay as much in taxes as possible. And I say that because you know because we we the more tax we're paying, the more money we're making, right? Right. But I want to turn around and say I don't want any of my clients paying a dime more than what they have to. Right. All right. So you know having the ability to. And early on, you, as you're growing, scaling your business, you're taking on, you're making a lot of investments in people, in in resources for that goal of okay, I'm going to start my next business. I mean, there's you know, the term serial serial entrepreneur. So again, being organized and then planning, whether you're able to plan on your own or you have an array of advisors, you know, a CPA, a good insurance agent, a good attorney, and a good financial advisor. Those are Right. Kind of the four, you know, the, the, those are the folks you want in your quote in your inner circle that you can trust and and bounce ideas off of. Uh, yeah. But you know, again, the planning is so huge. So the folks that do that, um, they definitely put themselves in a position to to not quote they have their accounting done correctly, which then transcends into okay, we can then make the best or optimize our decisions when we're filing our tax return. Um, I have a, I won't use names, but there's a pretty well-known car dealership here in the central Ohio area. And with a business, you know, was first started, you know, let's probably 70, 80 years ago, you know, they, they didn't do any, you know, they, they, they like, we got this under control. And then when the next generation took over and they said, you know, man, hiring, and a, C, a CPA is going to be really expensive. I don't know if we can afford to do it. And, the, and then he said, you know, after a few months of working with this, this advisor, you know, the comment from the owner was, I don't know. We Right now we couldn't afford not to have someone like that. So because again, mm-hmm. just helps them in their business. You know, just whether it's looking at the line items of your expenses, you know, you're, you're, for example, you're paying this amount a year in advertising. Are you, do you feel like, how do you know if you're getting a good return on that? Right. You know, just it could go on and on, but right. Let me let me ask you this. Um, now you have you have varying sizes of uh, companies that you're you're working with. Um, I'm curious what the biggest difference that you see is between, or if there is a. a if there is something that's noticeable difference between somebody that's very early on, let's say less than 500,000 a year compared to maybe a company that might be 10 million plus a year, something around there Uh, from a, from a tax strategy, are, are those businesses handled differently? You think, you know, that's great. That's a really, is a really good question. Um, I'd say the one where it's a single owner or a freelancer that's say grossing, you know, 500 less a year, much simpler. I mean, a lot of times those folks, they won't have multiple employees, may only be just the owner as a quote employee. Um, definitely less complexity in, in most regards than, um, you know, say the business that is, you know, a 15 million revenue with, you know, 50 employees, but the common, the thing that makes it most simple is for me is having the availability of information. Um, so <clears throat> what be, be, you know, the accessibility and availability of information, because then that's where we can make better decisions. Um, you know, if I had, 
you know, if you know, my largest clients, it's a, um, you know, it's almost, it's a pretty much a hundred million dollar a year business with 150 approximate employees, multiple companies under that umbrella. But we are very ingrained in that business. Um, so we know as much, we know as much of what's going on as the owners themselves. Um, you know, not, maybe not so much operationally, but financially for sure. Probably, probably more than the owners know financially. Yeah. Um, and that is very easy to help direct traffic, if you will. I mean, I'll meet with that owner here in a couple of weeks to do our year end wrap up. Conversely, the, with someone who say is, Hey, there's, they have a bank account, a business credit card, but they are not doing any of their accounting, right? And they have no idea what's really going on. They can tell me, okay, there's 10,000 in my bank account and 3,000 on my credit card. And they're going, if they ask me, you know, help me for your end, but I don't have an income statement and there's been no communication, it's going to be real difficult to help pull any levers for that individual, uh, for that owner. And I'll build on that as well. For me, it's much more enjoyable to work with owners that are engaged in their business. And, and that sounds pretty, like, duh, right? It doesn't mean that I'm talking to that owner every day. I mean, Matt, you, know, you and I, we talk, let's just say we talk once a month, you know, once every six weeks, you know, whether it's an actual conversation or an email. Right. I mean, there's, you know, I can only be as effective as engaged in, and again, the owner's first priority is being engaged in the business. But they also need to understand their financials. And again, it kind of goes back to folks, you know, we all gravitate to what we like to do, right? I mean, if I think about a project and I have one of these, I got to get done, <laughs> that I'm dreading because it's very, it's going to be very tedious <laughs> and I, I don't like getting into details so much. So I've been putting that off, putting it off, putting it off and it's got to get done, right? So uh, again, I think that's kind of the, you know, for a lot of these business owners, this, you know, people tell me, oh, accounting's intimidating. And, you know, again, as a creative person, I can understand that because, you know, I mean, one of the most creative people I know, she's an interior designer and her stuff is a, her financial stuff is, I mean, it is so scattered (laughs) because she does, because her brain just thinks differently than mine. Um, Right. But I'll tell you, the, the most successful business owners are the ones that are going to ask a lot of questions, the ones that they will admit, look, I don't know what a debt to equity ratio is, but I'm going to ask you to look at my financials, which are, you know, my bookkeeper does or whoever you, know, you do, and tell me, how can I manage the growth of my business? Here's where I am today. Here's where I want to go in the next one, three, five, ten years. Help me get there, you know, and help me do it without going bankrupt. <laughs> You know, because that's, right. that's another fear. People, by nature, we don't like being in debt. Um, some aren't afraid. Yeah. Others just simply don't want to be in debt. And debt's a tool. As long as it's being used wisely, it can be a very good and powerful tool. Right. And that's uh, that's my problem. As you know already, that's kind of my my thing is I hate debt. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I For whatever reason, even when I was a little kid, I just hated owing people anything. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, you know, I'm the same way. It's like... For me, I like that clean slate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's, um, but it, it can be a very, very useful tool, right? I mean, if, um, you know, again, if you're looking, you're like, hey, man, I, to take, you know, 
your business, you know, the next level, and I, you know, I have no idea what I'm talking about here, but you know, it's like, hey, if I buy this piece of equipment, right, and it's fifty thousand dollars, you know, but it's going to really give us an opportunity, right, to to get on a national platform, for example, you know, and you may want, you may not want to dig in the pockets to, you know, to stroke a check for fifty k, but you go to your local bank or credit union or and you get the terms and it's like let's see what happens and then you know we'll finance it maybe we'll put a little bit a little bit down then we'll hire someone to operate it and you know again that's the thing it's it's just what are you using that debt for and i've seen a lot of people get very and again they don't understand they're signing up for they get into a cash crunch and you know they go to they, they sign um, an agreement you know they can't get a traditional state line of credit to bank and they'll go to a um uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to change names, but you know, there's a lot of folks that advertise nationally to provide basically the equivalent of a payday loan for a business, and the interest rates are just astronomical, and it just doesn't, you know, it's very hard to justify. I mean, the, the business owner just thinks, hey, I just need cash. I need cash to make payroll. I need cash to to do this or that. Um, I'm going to go and borrow it at the you know, this 35% interest rate. Well. If the margin of your business is only fifteen percent, like that, that's not a solution. That's not a long-term or tenable solution. Um, so it's just against understanding. Like, you know, what are you going to use it for? And you know, again, all of us, you know, at least we're homeowners, we have debt, right? That's good debt <laughs> because I know very few people that could afford to buy, you know, a house, you know, in today's environment, cash. Right. Um. I want to I want to shift a little bit. Sure. Um, kind of looking at. Well, I guess let me let me ask this. Like, do you think that this tax system is I like this is too too complicated? Oh, for sure, absolutely. It is. It, there's so many things wrong with the U.S.'s tax system. It'll, but unfortunately, and I hate to be a pessimist, it's never going to change. Mm-hmm. There's too much. There's too many stakeholders. Myself included, um, you know, we we do it much differently than other countries. You know, in, in Europe, for example, we won't go down that rabbit that rabbit hole. But um, you know, in the past few years, have been especially challenging. But if we just back up for a second, you know, our tax code is intentionally complex because it provides a whole economy. I mean, think about into it. You know, the largest. You know. One of the largest providers, you know, it's QuickBooks, it's tax, um, you know, TurboTax. Mm-hmm. It's a multi-billion-dollar company. Think about the AICPA, which is the, the American Institute for Certified Public Accountants. That's our trade group. We would never want to go to a flat tax. I mean, why would I do that? Right. <laughs> I mean, again, it's not in anyone's why, best interest. It's not. I mean, it's it provides. I mean, taxes and accounting provide a a standard of living for all of us CPAs and workers at H&R Block. And again, mm-hmm. that's where we fit in. I, I once, you know, and then, then it's like, is our tax system fair? Well, you know, that's kind of a loaded question. I mean, not everyone gets audited, right? And But mm-hmm. you could have a situation where you could have three different business owners and the same line of business all doing something the exact same way. But if only one gets audited and that 
particular transactions that gets disallowed, then all of a sudden that business is at a disadvantage compared to his two peers. I'm not advocating for more audits. I'm just simply saying, you know, it's just not um, not entirely fair, right? Um, but, you know, I once had, and I, I would be a huge proponent of this. I mean, I'd have to find another job. Uh, maybe I could, you know, be, you know, maybe Shelly's sidekick or something, you know, for a while and learn the ropes in the creative world. But uh, I want... You're going to need a beret. Yeah, yeah that's a beret. beret. That's a great beret. <laughs> Um, so I kind of, I'm more of a Stetson guy, but that's just me. So we'll take it. We'll take it. Just as long as it's part <laughs> of some sort. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I once I had this, uh, friend of mine who, I mean, this guy, he, he has a very, very successful real estate business and he's like, yeah, we need to go to that flat tax. It's like, when's that going to happen? I said, well, it's it's never going to really happen, right? And I said, but it's the most fair form of a tax, right? And he's like, absolutely. He's like, we all we all should have this like a ten percent flat tax. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know that ten percent across the board, right? I mean, ten percent for someone making a million a year is much more palatable versus someone, you know, a ten percent tax for a family of four that makes a hundred thousand a year, right? I said, you know, if you want to go to this flat tax, it should be consumption based. So, you know, if you choose to go buy a $20,000 Honda Civic, maybe you pay a 5% tax. But if you choose to buy that $150,000 Mercedes S class that you're riding in, maybe you pay a 30% tax. He's like, hold on. <laughs> it, and my whole point is that's like the more you make, the more you spend. And you have that choice. You put that tax in the choice of the payer, his or herself as opposed, and that truly is the most fair form, because at the end of the day, if you want to drive that more expensive vehicle or buy the more expensive TV or the more expensive house, you have the means to do it, but that'll never happen. I mean, again, that'll never happen, right, right. right? Because then it's going to be, and think about all the lobbyists that would go against that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> your luxury car makers, your, I mean, high-end home builders. I mean, it just, you know, so... I think the tax code we have, it's intentionally complex, um, you know, because because it has to be, no. It's intentionally complex right. to give a bunch of lawyers and accountants a job. I mean, <laughs> it's what happens, right? That's, that's what happens when you, you get legislators and, I mean, even... I mean, I can tell you myself, I mean, not one CPA has all the answers. I mean, there's so much, um, you know, um, uh, you know, collaborating, you know, I mean, again, I'm a one, I, I, I have another CPA that works with me, but I talk to other pra- practitioners. Hey, what do you think about this? And, and because the things are really complex. Right. So let's say, um, You know, people that are just starting out, they don't, I don't know, I guess they don't have the education, if you can hear my kid talking in the background, I think he's like reading a book or something. It's like, oh, you're recording something? Cool, let me just hang out by the door. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about like kind of my journey through, you know, building a, building a business. And I think, honestly, that was probably the, one of the most difficult things was, again, just like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing that I love to do, and 
honestly, I and I think a lot of business owners feel this way, especially early, but I thought that what I was doing was special in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start introducing the tax component of it, you realize that it's like, it's just like any other business. Like, just because, you know, you grew up wanting to be this thing, you don't, you know, you still have to take care of all these things. So, I mean, luckily, I, I think I realized a lot of the mistakes that I was making early on. Um, but what do you, what do you say to people that like, don't really have any understanding of tax, but they have a skill, a very, very marketable and sellable skill to be able to build a business. What do you say to those people? I mean, one is to go for it. I mean, I, I, um, and you're right. I mean, when you're starting out, it is complicated. And we're not just, I mean, forget income tax for a second. Just think about here. I'll come back to your question. Hopefully I remember it. But the, <laughs> I go off on tangents. But, no, go ahead. But, but it's intentionally, it's not just the income tax, right? The, you know, following our 1040 with the IRS. But think about Ohio. We have, you know, does your business, does sales tax apply? You know, workers' comp, that's a tax. If you have employees, unemployment taxes. Ohio, we have commercial activity. A lot of states like Ohio have a commercial activity or a franchise tax on gross receipts. I mean, when you start your business out, you're just, you know, again, whether you are, you know, doing tax returns, giving legal advice, whether you open up a web-based Amazon store, it's like, where do you even start? And to try to do it on your own, um, I mean, you, you may not want to pay an accountant, but sometimes that cost can be cheaper than the fines and penalties that you can encounter after the fact. Right. Um, I mean, I'll just, I'll go, you know, payroll taxes. So I've seen so many small business owners, like, oh, I can do payroll myself, or I'll have a bookkeeper do it. And they use the wrong software. They don't understand all the reporting requirements. And they start getting all these notices from the IRS or, you know, RITA or the state of Ohio and because they didn't file the right returns, and all of a sudden they've paid out thousands in penalties. I mean, employee, em, employment, employer tax withholding, I've seen, it's just, it's, it, payroll's not easy. It's, it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. I don't do it. You know, I have professionals do that for my, my clients. Right. Um, so, again, the, the complexity is almost too much for any lay person to handle. Going back to your comment about someone who's willing to get ready to start their business, it's, you know, again, preparation um, and trying to learn, you know, just focus on the business and get a good advisor and say, hey, look, you know, even and then be honest, say, look, I'm starting my business. I don't have a ton of money right now. And see that advisor will work with you. You just say, hey, look, if you will get me started, here's what I can pay today. You know, and some folks will take a chance, others won't, right? It's like, I like working with startups. Um, yeah, I've been there before too. You know, I came, I come from a small business background and we grew up, I mean, grew up pretty humble, right? And we, you know, a little hard work never hurt anyone in, in my book. Right. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, um, you know, if I, I have a daughter, uh, a stepdaughter. And, you know, she's getting ready to go off to college right now. And that's kind of the path. You know, we'll see if that takes her. Um, you know, I, I always kind of kid with my, my wife. I said, you know, it's, um, you know, if, if she was passionate, say, about being a welder, for example, I would say, 
be a welder, be the best welder you can be, and then get a good get a good attorney, a good accountant, and get a good financial advisor. Learn your perfect your craft in welding. Take some uh, business management courses when you have time, but trust your advisors to take care of everything and focus on growing that business. Um, you know, one of the most successful people I know, he has he's an ele- he has a electrical contracting company. And he's very selective about the people he hires. He trust he he's a friend of mine from high school, and um, he he trusts his advisors to handle all this stuff. And meanwhile, he's very picky about the people he hires. I mean, that's a very I mean, it's a great career path for you know an individual because there's not enough electricians out there. He's got more work that he knows right. what to do with. I'm sure. charge enough. But, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't know about taxes. He, he knows he has to pay them. He, he relies on his, his accountant to tell him, like, what to do and advise. And it's just having that trusted network. You know, I, it's, you know, we all were put on this earth to do, you know, I mean, again, I could never do what you do, Matt or, or Shelby. And, you know, you may be challenged to do what I do. But um, it's like we're all here for a purpose. And it's just, you know, to work together and, and to share our experiences and, you um, and I think that's kind of my mission is just to help these small business owners, whether that's a startup or a mature business to, again, let's get beyond the compliance is easy. We'll get that figured out, but then to, how to optimize our business. Right. Uh, a couple things there that I'll say. Uh, one, I'm pretty sure the SBA also has resources. Yeah. The small, small business administration uh, for people that are especially just starting out. Um I, I've, I'd never contacted them for any of that stuff, but I, I have a couple of friends that did some things through there. They also offer loans to get started, which you know how I feel about already. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and the other thing that I want to say is like, I, I love that you say like that, like you're like, yeah, you, you know, I couldn't necessarily do what you do and you couldn't necessarily do what I do. And I think Maybe to me, that was one of those things that was a little bit difficult in the beginning was how do you trust somebody just with your biggest secrets, right? I mean, they're not like, you know, you didn't kill anybody or anything, but like, (laughs) they're still like, they're still secrets that you just don't go talking about, right? Mm -hmm. It was really tough at first to just completely, you know, literally open up the books and be like, here is everything. Um and uh i don't know but the more trust that you can have with another person uh, like a cpa accountant um the more benefit it's going to provide to you um but it's the same thing as like i don't know hiring any sort of professional to do anything like you wouldn't hire or you wouldn't try to represent yourself in court Right, <laughs> most people wouldn't. Most anyway. sane people don't, but there are. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there was actually a guy uh, up in Strongsville. He's a dentist. I, this was in the Cleveland papers a few weeks uh, ago, and he he not he claimed he was a quote sovereign, and he's of course represented himself in court, and it's just like, dude, you, this is not going to end well for you. Um, yep, I, yeah, but like it's it's one of those things where if you can. Find somebody that you trust. And I think another part of it, and maybe this is just kind of the family that I came from, but in general, things like financial advisors, accountants, um, anybody that had anything to do with money, they were there just to steal your money, right? That was like, 
this this thing that exists in certain worlds, you know. Um, and maybe TV doesn't really help. Doesn't. <laughs> nope, it doesn't help with that as much. Um, but I think once you start to understand the 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 value and the benefit that honestly just any kind of advisor can can bring to you it's pretty incredible um anyway uh a couple other kind of random questions here uh these are a little bit more specific but at what point do you recommend um registering a business uh as whatever we'll say llc s corp (laughs) Uh, at what point do you think that people need to start taking their business a little bit more seriously? Yeah. And that, I have one of those calls here later on today. I mean, it's, you know, as far as like, you know, just one, let's say you're a freelancer and then you're like to go just at least get an LLC registered. Um, you know, I guess I would say if it's something where you're, if you, if, let's say you have a regular W-2 job and you are, you know, just trying to think of a, of a plausible example, you know, where say you're spending 10 hours a week doing you know, bookkeeping for a CPA firm, okay? You know, if, you, if it's a, you know, and I have, you know, no folks like that. So maybe you're spending, you know, 30, 40 hours a month. You know, it may make sense to that point register, you know, as an LLC. You know, um, I'd say it's more like a time. One it could be like a consider like a time equivalent. It, it kind of depends on the activity you're doing, right? If you, mm-hmm. um, I mean, say you, you know, you're. I, I wish I could think of a good example here. I, I can't <laughs> on the spot. But, you know, let's let's <laughs> say you're build, let, Let's say you are uh, building rocking chairs. Let, let's say right. Let's say you're building rocking chairs, right? And you're selling them to Cracker Barrel to put in the front of their, you know, in the front of their restaurants. It's a big, big market. It's a big market, right? <laughs> you probably don't want to be doing that as Matt Vojtacek, right? You want to be, you know, Rocking Chair LLC because let's say I buy all those chairs, take it home, and I sit in it, you know, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not like a marathon runner, but I'm not morbidly obese, right? And I sit in this thing, and it just shatters to shreds, and I break my hip. What am I going to do? I'm going to sue Cracker Barrel, and then Cracker Barrel is going to turn around and sue Matt Vojtacek. So at least an LLC, right, gives you a layer of protection. So again, sorry for the ridiculous example, but you know, kind of consider the the activity you're doing. You know, I tell my my folks that have rental properties, again, and I can't dispel legal advice, but I said you should talk to your attorney and consider putting this real this piece of real estate into an LLC. It at least gives you. If it's structured correctly, the the design of the LLCs to give you a layer of legal you know, protection to um, you know between your personal assets and your business and, and that business endeavor. That's the whole goal of it, right? Um, you know, if I give bad accounting advice or if an attorney gives bad legal advice, you know, again, it's like I mean, again, there's a very <laughs> it's a very uh, kind of a gray area there, but um, right. At least, you know, it gives you you know the opportunity for a little bit more protection. Um, you know, so if it's if it's more than like a casual endeavor, okay. 
right? Um, and something you're thinking you're going to take and spend more and more time with and invest in. And as far as making the S election, that truly is quote up to you know consult your your, your tax advisor. But I generally tell my clients there's really no advantage to go and make a tax and S corp election for your LLC unless your your profit after expenses is at least sixty thousand dollars. Because what'll happen is um, you know any tax savings that could be garnered by doing it you know at a level below sixty is likely going to get eaten away by the additional administrative costs, you know, being the, you know, the payroll costs and the additional tax and accounting costs. So 60 is kind of that, that mark that I tell folks. So, you know, again, a lot of times, um, you know, a lot of my folks that have Schedule C income, you can, they have a regular W-2 job and, you know, whether you're a police officer that does special duty work and makes, you know, gets paid, you know, say 30,000 a year as a special duty. Again, no real, you know, that, that person would never have a need to, to file an S corp election, not just not going to be of any benefit. Um, you know, but if it's, you know, say you're a, you know, you're a plumber, you work for, you know, uh, you know, XYZ plumbing company, but then you moonlight on the side, right. And people pay you, well, you may never make an S corp election, but you may well at least have a separate LLC because if you go and work on my drains and then, you know, after the next big rainstorm, my basement floods and my foundation crumbles, um, you know, you may have a problem. Right, right. It's all about managing your risk. I mean, and I'm one of those, uh, just like you don't like debt, I don't like risk. I'd rather be more insured than, than right. less insured, you know, whether it's my car, my house. Um, I mean, there's just so many things to consider, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, the world, you know, there's times, again, I'll go off on another tangent here, you know, like what would be the ideal time to live in, right? And like today's age is so complex, right? I mean, there's literally insurance for everything. There's a, the tax code is a gajillion pages long. I'm like, can we just like put me, drop me somewhere like eight, you know, I, I'm watching, you know, I've been watching Yellowstone in 1883. Drop me in, you know, 1883. I'll take my chances with a covered wagon, you know, crossing the rivers. But, you know, totally <laughs> random side. No, that's interesting. Uh, but we do. We live uh, in a complex environment. And whether, you know, with laws and regulations and compliance, you know, let alone just trying to run a successful business, you know, um, so, someone's at the front. Door. <laughs> someone's at I, thought the front door. My, I thought my time was up. You know, <laughs> but, you know the last, maybe one of the, and again, maybe a few other questions, but, you know, in that same vein, you know, for your, your creative freelance folks, you know, if they're operating, you know, you know, as, as a, uh, whether it's an LLC or not, you know, plan, start planning for your retirement. I mean, you get, you can get a tax savings for that as well. And a lot of times it depends on your age. You know, do you do, you know, there's, you know, we throw around these acronyms, you know, IRAs and SEPs and Roth and all these terms. But, you know, many, many of these retirement tools provide a way to shield income today from taxes, you know, in these, what we call these, you know, tax favored or qualified accounts. So, you know, say you, you know, you're a W-2 employee, you work for, again, pick a company, but you, you make 15000 a year on your side hustle. You know, talk to your tax person and say, hey, does it make sense for me to do a SEP, 
right? And that stands for you know, um, self-employed pension. And it's a way that person could put a few thousand dollars extra away in retirement and save a little bit in their taxes, you know, as they do it. So there's, there's little tools out there to help. And a lot of times folks, you know, again, they just, they don't know. They don't know what to ask. Right. I, I think that is a big, a big problem right now. Uh, this retirement thing is, is a big problem right now. I mean, I think mostly because a lot of the industry is younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, when you really look at it, it's a relatively new field of mm-hmm. animation. I mean, video has been around obviously for a long time, but um, I guess one of the things that I find fascinating is, is that idea of like retirement. <laughs> it is, and maybe this is just a problem with young people in general, but I want to say we, but I don't really know where I'm at in this thing. But as so a we, <laughs> uh, we don't, we can't look that far ahead to be able to like, oh, like really see the importance of like being able to put money into your retirement. Um, this is the last question. I know there's a lot of other things oh, here, but that's the last question. And, and then, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, what, do, what do you say to, to those people that just don't see it as important right now? I, you know, there's, I, I say you live for today, but plan for the future, right? I mean, there has to be, there has to be a balance. Um, you know, I know a lot of young folks are going to, I mean, and, and, and today's environment is tough. I mean, rent's high, cars are high, the grocery bills got a lot higher. And so a lot of young folks, they're trying to pay off student loans. I mean, again, that's a whole, that could be a whole separate podcast. I'm not going, yeah. I'm not going to comment <laughs> on, on that. But, you know, college is not cheap. It's a huge investment, you know, it, it, for those that went. Um, if you can manage, I mean, the power of compounding is so huge. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe some of your, your your listeners are like, man, this guy, you know, he probably starts saving when he was 20 years old. He's probably worked. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, because I had student loans to pay for and house to buy. And, you know, I wish I was more sensible with cars, but, you know, but I'm not. Right. Not that I have a ridiculous vehicle, but, you know, it's like, you know, I could certainly you know, I mean, I drive a pickup truck. I could easily drive a 20 year old car and to get to from A to B, but that's not a choice that I, that I and most people make, right. That can afford. So, but just being able to put away, I mean, you can do the math and there's, you know, any calculator online, it's like, if you can put away 5,000 a year, starting at age, say 25, and then assume, you know, even assume a 7% or 8% compound rate, and look to see what that turns that five thousand a year turns into, you know, over over forty years. I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, it's you'll be shocked. We don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's um, boy. You know, I, I I won't. It's one of these really. You know, one of our. I don't know, it was Einstein or Edison, but made a comment on compounding. It was like the most powerful force in the universe, and it, I mean it is. So. Um, you know, don't, don't discount, don't dismiss it. Try to, you know, but that also doesn't mean, Hey, if getting your, your Starbucks, your, your $5 latte, if that makes your morning, you know, you'll, you'll hear people like Susie Orman and, and not picking on her, right. Or Dave Ramsey. It's like, well, if you don't do this, you know, well, we have to live too. Right. Mm-hmm. And if, if that brings you, I mean, my, my stepdaughter, I'll, you know, 
her highlight of her day is going to Starbucks and getting her, her chai latte. Like that's that's her jam, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, what's the benefit? I mean, no, I say it's such a balance because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know when our time right. is up. You know, um, so it's just hey, find that find that balance, and right. you know, we're all capable of making certain sacrifices. You know. Um, you know, because tomorrow will be here. And, you know, everyone says, well, Social Security won't be here for, you know, my generation, your generation. It will in some way, shape or form. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I don't certainly bank on it. And a lot of people bank on that, you know, right. for, for their. Sorry, that's my uh, it's four o'clock. The market closed. <laughs> I have a screen, um, probably another down day, but whatever. Um, you know, we'll, but it will come back. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> the timing perfect but on the, that the, the timing <laughs> remains to be seen um for that but um again lost my train of thought there but it's like it, it's balance and we all right. it's like you know that sacrifice doesn't have to be your five dollar latte you know sorry Susie. it's just you know but make it a priority you know we, you, you're gonna you know, you're you're at some point we're not gonna be able to have the mental physical capacity or the energy to do what we want to do and we are you know going to need need to plan for hopefully getting old (laughs) right i love it um let's go around the room real quick some final thoughts shelby anything you'd like to contribute i've been been so quiet um i do uh, i really appreciate the the comment on balance though um i used to work uh at a at for a financial advisor um, I did the the books there, and it was really um, it was really interesting to kind of work with a lot of different people um, and seeing the different types of balance that they kind of had within their own lives and how they were looking at their own financials. Of you know, I'm 55 and I'm just now starting to save for retirement, versus I'm 25 and I don't allow myself anything. I don't have any fun. I don't buy myself any Starbucks. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm here and like I spend absolutely no money. And it was, it was really interesting to see those, those two different, very radically different sides. And I think there is, there is a way that you can kind of find balance between the two of letting yourself enjoy your daily Starbucks, but then also being able to put some money away as well and being able to invest in your future, invest in your business. Um, and that's, that's something I really appreciate because I think that we get into, you know, oh, well tomorrow is never guaranteed. So let's just spend it all, but also don't allow yourself anything. And it's, it's good to be able to have a voice of reason in the middle of those two, those two screaming forces. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate that comment. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, what I would say is, um, it's really difficult to make big financial changes after you're making money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess what I'll say here is like, I, for me, it was, you know, I, I didn't like debt. I didn't like <laughs> spending money. I, I still, I still don't like spending money. It makes me uncomfortable to a certain extent. My wife hates it, but <laughs> that's where we are. Um, but for me, it, it was a conscious decision whenever I got my very first job where I was like, okay, so in college, I made about $6,000 a year. And then I go from making $6,000 a year 
to 50000 a year in my first job. And I was like, okay, like I, I, this is like a crazy amount of money compared to what I was used to living on in college, just buying all the cheapest groceries I could possibly get and whatever. Um, so anyway, I made that decision pretty consciously at that point of like, don't get used to this. Like, just take what you need kind of thing. And um, it, it was definitely really difficult in in some of those early years. Because, yeah, we, I was like, all right, I want to buy a new car. It wasn't anything fancy, but it was. I was like, I need to get a new car because that's... I'm just... I've never had reliable transportation in my life. Like, that's, that's what I need. Uh, I got a lease at a, for an apartment. I bought a bed. During my first job, the first few months I had a little fold out cot <laughs> it was literally as big as like my table here uh, like like something that you'd see in like military <laughs> type things <laughs> and um, that was like whenever I first met my wife and she like comes over and she's like what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm like that's my cot <laughs> and uh, it was literally just a cot and a TV on a little plastic Walmart stand and, like, I was like, you know what? This is how I'm going to live because I was so afraid of this, like, I don't know what they call it, like, this life creep mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like, you know, you you get cable. All of a sudden you get Netflix. Like, it's really easy to, that all these things just keep adding up over time. So for me, whenever I hear about people that are like, no, I can't, like, do any sort of investing at all, like, whether my retirement or anything else, like, investing in myself, I, I just don't have any money. I'm always like... I bet you, if we went through all of your expenses, we can find those things that you probably could sacrifice to have this thing, you know? Now, again, I'll certainly say everyone's in a different financial position, so I'm not going to say that's, like, advice for everybody. Um, but I, I feel the same way whenever it comes to managing expenses for my business. And it's like, okay, don't don't spend what we don't, what's not actually going to contribute to the growth. But at the same time, you kind of have to, it's an investment, right? Any, any money that I put into the business, whether that's on computers or uh, we need a new website or anything that I'm spending like that, it's always like, okay, what is the possible return from that thing? And not being afraid to spend the money on it. But at the same time, working with a trusted advisor like Eric, to be able to feel comfortable about some of those financial decisions, which previously I was not comfortable. I I would just have said no, (laughs) like not not doing anything, not spending any money on anything. Uh, But it wasn't until I start seeing and, you know, hearing people say like, hey, you know, you could buy this thing, like, and it's going to be fine, you know. Um, So uh, just the value of having somebody that you trust, uh, especially a CPA financial strategist, um, yeah, that, those are my final thoughts. Eric, any final thoughts that you'd like to give everybody? Yeah, sure. And just, I have a few. You know, one is, it kind of gone on a bit on Shelby's comment about, you know, just going back, you know, um, with making purchasing decisions. You know, one of the things, you know, my wife and I tell my daughter is, hey, be, you know, because she's a teen, she's 18, she loves clothes. She likes, I mean, she likes to look nice, look trendy. Um, it's like, hey, just look at something, whether it's online or in the store. And if you're not sure about it, you know, walk away from it. And if you're still thinking about it the next day or the day after that, 
then you know you really want it. But don't, you know, try to try to eliminate the impulse buys. Like, we're all guilty of it. I mean, I've, I can't, <laughs> I mean, again, I'm the one, I'm, you know, the, the horse, or the, I'm the uh, kettle called the, uh, what does that go, kettle black, I can't remember. But at any rate, <laughs> pot kettle black. Uh, but try to eliminate the, the impulse purchases, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the big ones. Or, again, those little ones, like you talk about, Matt, they, they creep up on you. Um, you know, and there's, you know, there's the adage, the more we make, the more we spend. There's no getting around that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like mm-hmm. you, Matt. It's, um, I hate spending money. I, I like to save, but I also like to travel. That's my passion, my wife's passion. That's what we, that's the thing we do together. And, you know, my, my grandparents, I mean, you know, they have means, but, uh, you know, my grandma has been sick for the past almost 10 years. So they, they can't travel. Right. So, again, it, it, to me, it comes back to that balance, you know, um, you know, and, and probably and then you know, building your thing with trust. It's like absolutely get trusted advisors, but don't trust them b- blindly um, as well. I mean, just because you have a good, the best financial advisor, the best CPA in the world doesn't mean you don't take it doesn't mean you take your eye off, you know, look at your your, your uh, bank accounts and your investment accounts uh, because there are the Bernie Madoffs of the world still. Um, you know, and there are a few and far between, but if you're a victim of one of those folks, it could be very, very, very daunting. Um, and the last thing I'll leave, you know, with your listeners is, you know, know your value, right? I mean, you know, I'm a big believer you have to give to get. You know, if I think about, you know, when I started out in this in this gig, um, and I give a lot of free advice and I enjoy it because it's I mean, I've been there before, especially for the folks, you know, who are getting started out. And so don't be afraid to to give. Say, here, here's what I can do. Um, what do you think? Right. To get your leg in the door. You're making that investment. Uh, we're always investing in people and, you know, whether it's that brief five minute conversation, whether, you know, whatever it is, it takes many different forms. Um, but then once you get moving, you know, know your value and know how to price, you know, your product or service accordingly and get people to pay what you're worth. You know, and, and again, that takes time, it takes time and takes time to build up that credibility and reputation. Because, um, again, it's very hard, you know, for someone you know, to come out of the gates and, you know, gross a million dollars a year with an unproven product. But, you know, yes, start, I mean, mine, you know, some of us are lucky, like, you know, lucky, fortunate, however you want to call it. But, uh, you know, I think most of us are in for the long game. So, you know, make, you know, get definitely, that's probably the one thing I do see the creatives, they, they don't know how to price themselves. Um, and, you know, are they getting the full value for what they're putting out there? Because it's, that's a, I mean, there's a lot of folks in that field and, and um, you know, we see, I'm not one I could ever, I mean, I can't draw, I can't sing, I can't do anything with any bit of artistic component, but I sure as hell know what's good when I see it. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Well, Eric, thanks so much for, for joining us. This has been incredibly informative. Absolutely. Uh, I wish we could me. talk for another hour and a half. But um, we got to check those markets. We heard the bell. We got to we got to see what happens. Yep. Yep. At least check. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Shelby. Uh, Good to see you as always. And uh, all right. Love you. Bye. 
Comanzi Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.